Can we get the dog's thoughts on workplace empathy, please? He just wants us to play more. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Offscript by Hey Radio. On today's episode, we have my friend Sharon Steed, who runs an empathy consultancy in the States called Communilog. Uh, I'm really excited to welcome Sharon back to Hay. Uh, she spoke at All Day Hay in Leeds in 2019. And since then, uh, whenever we've met at conferences and, and, and stuff, we've always had uh, fantastic conversations around all sorts, including empathy. I caught her just a few days after the results of the American election, uh, which made for a rather interesting conversation. Um, and more importantly, I wanted to get Sharon back to come and talk um, about empathy and specifically empathy in the workplace. Uh, I'm always inspired by her talks whenever I see her talk. Um, and we also crossed into some other tips around public speaking uh, along the way. So I hope you enjoy the next hour as I chat to Sharon Steed. Here we go. Sharon, welcome to Hey Life. Thanks so much, Josh. I'm so excited to be here and hang out with you, even though we can't do this in person. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird time, obviously. Um, but I, as I said, I'm, I'm really happy that we can kind of do this, um, do this even if it's not in person. Um, as I said, we first met um, when you came and spoke at the conference in 2019. Harry Roberts um, right. introduces, of course. Um, yeah. And um, and yeah, I, I think we've just got loads to talk about this evening. Um, obviously, we've got a, a talk about empathy uh, in the workplace and kind of in general, I, I guess. Um, and uh, and there's a, been a few things going on in the states we could probably talk about. I imagine just some stuff. Not a big deal. But you know, um, as I said, you know, your lifelong um, kind of you're a lifelong stutterer, and I think the story that you tell um, around that, and, and and particularly for me, the kind of ways that you can improve um, your kind of yourself and communication and how to connect with people. I think that was a really important message that I came away from with them, with the talk you did at All Day Hey. Um, so yeah, so thanks for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, of course. You know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about everything. There's so much <laughs> to talk about, so... So much. Um, before we get started, I think I'll just mention um, Caveya Digital. I just want to thank Caveya for sponsoring the event. Um, it allows me to, to kind of do these events, uh, especially this one with you. So thanks so much for Caveya. Check out their um, their social uh, socials or on Twitter. Um, I think we've been tagging them in all the all the tweets so far. So check them out. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know where to start really. Um, I guess we'll just get the election out of the way if you'd like. <laughs> it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> so how do I feel about this? Um, well, you know, I'm really happy. I'm trying to like contain all of the really bad things I want to say. Yeah. Like, you know, like ding dong, the witch is dead. I saw somebody tweet that and I just like died. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm excited. I feel like we are, you know, going in the right direction. Um, and it's just really crazy because like here in the States, people like have such s strong opinions about you know, him and like all of the things that he's done over the years. Yeah. And so a part of me was really surprised that, you know, he got all of the votes that he did. But then the other part of me was like, no, actually, I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised <laughs> it took five days. And I'm not surprised that, you know, people are, you know, angry still. Yeah. But this is just, 
it's just a weird, well, no, it's an awesome time to be <laughs> an American, <laughs> in my opinion. And so, um, and then of course, you know, I, I'm really proud that there's, you know, like a black female who is going to be also in the White House. And I just think yeah. that's such a cool thing to see. And I'm so inspired by it. And I'm inspired by her. And I just, I, I kind of can't believe this is happening still. Like I'm still yeah. on a high. I drank, I don't even know how much last week. Well, Me and my uh, husband, like, you okay? I'm like, do you realize <laughs> this is democracy is at stake? <laughs> that, that, that happened. <laughs> well, we did. We did talk about that. So we talked about the wine. So, so cheers, cheers to that, Sharon. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll definitely yeah, cheers to that. Cheers to a new day. So, like when we were when we were doing the run through, we had a tech check uh, last week, and um, I was like, "Cool." So, how does the how does the third work for you? Is the third good? And you were like, "Yeah, that's that's absolutely fine." Um, I'll probably be quite drunk while we're doing the tech check, based on the fact that that's the <laughs> evening of the election. Um, yeah, but we got through it. But. We did. Only took five days to count all the votes. <laughs> but well, well, no, I mean, like, they're not even done counting in yeah. some places yet. But it's, it's just it's, 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 it's just a crazy, crazy time over here right now. So I'm sure it'll, it, it's probably not going to get any calmer until he's completely out of office. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, he's got a good sixty or seventy odd days, but you know, I, it felt like a it felt like a lifetime over here waiting for the kind of uh, the results to come in. It must have felt like even longer over there. Kind of obviously, you were watching it um, <laughs> so closely. I was like binging CNN and MSNBC. Like I've never had the TV on for that, you know, just for that, you know, long for that number of days. I mean, like hours, like 12 hours of just like, just like, is it gonna happen today? Is it gonna happen this hour? Is it gonna, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was overwhelming, but it was so worth it. I screamed a lot. I almost cried a little bit, you know, like on the day of, you know, when it happened, I was like, they're just calling it, they're calling it. (laughs) Champagne and more champagne and more champagne. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm not still, you know, like hungover. <laughs> the sheer amount of alcohol that was consumed last week. I was following your Twitter feed with like just fascination. I was like trying to figure out how many bottles of wine you're in at any given point in time. Um, but it was it was kind of a really good insight into what was going on, really, because obviously you've got to pick your your kind of news outlet carefully. You've got to pick where you consume the media from, really. Um, so it's quite it's quite nice to kind of see a commentary from you, uh, just kind of how it felt on the ground almost. You were you were on the ground reporter, you know. <laughs> I was on the ground reporter, and it was like my full time job keeping up with the election <laughs> last week. Like I, I didn't like do any you know, like emails. Like all of that stuff just was done for me. I'm like I'm not working this week. I'm focusing on this. Who can work at a time like this? <laughs> it was it was it was a lot, but. We made it, man. We did yeah. it. We did it. I'm really, I'm really proud of this country right now. Yeah. Because for a while there, I'm like, what the hell? This, this is this really this guy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got some friends who used to live in NYC. They were sharing some of the footage from NYC and stuff, and it just looked like oh God, the whole beautiful. the whole city was buzzing, basically. Cheering. Yeah. I just loved that. That was like one of the coolest things yeah i loved watching those videos i mean people are like dancing just all over the place you know like they were dancing in the streets you know like they were dancing inside of their houses um i saw that there was 
fireworks in London, I believe it was. And then the bells ring in Paris. Like, <laughs> it was like, wow, Trump, you really, you, buddy, you I've, did that. I've, <laughs> I've got to did. say that my, my favorite thing of um, some of the coverage was, and I have to, I have to admit, maybe the fireworks in the uk weren't necessarily down to trump i mean we have a thing where we just kind of set fireworks off for an entire weekend to like celebrate the effigy of a guy that we burned as you know this, uh, the, the the kind of uh, well, parliament so, uh, parliament being blown up by guy fawkes and stuff so I, we we maybe had a different reason to be setting off fireworks <laughs> we claimed it like everybody on Twitter was claiming it. Like they set off fireworks for, of course we thought it was about us, we're Americans. Yeah, we were like, maybe they weren't for you, but it's okay, you, you can have that one, it's fine. Please give us, God, we need just any amount of wins at this point, so it's a big win. I mean, it was almost worth going through 2020. Yeah, I think that it was the win everyone needed, I, I felt. Um, anyway, I'm gonna get ripped into forgetting what Bonfire Night was about, so we'll move on swiftly, I think. Um, <laughs> but. Um, so like if we can just indulge slightly, uh, slightly in kind of the story your, your kind of background a bit um uh, and if you don't mind just kind of telling everyone watching kind of uh, a bit about your life if you don't mind yeah of course so um i um, am a person who stutters and um, um i think i began stuttering at the at the age around like three or four and so um you know like i spent a lot of time a lot a lot of time just being very concerned about talking um in secure about my speech and just feeling very vulnerable um just in conversations um and so you know I sort of like come to this point in my life where I was just so terrified to just talk to people and go to events and co-places where I was going to you know have to talk to people and so um I knew that I had to overcome this fear and so I decided to pursue public speaking and it wasn't as a way to like find a new career or, you know, just do just like the whole, you know, focus was like, I'll give a couple of talks and then I'll be cured of my fear and then I can move on with my life. And that's, you know, one, a really, really naive way to think about it. And two, <laughs> You know, like that's just not what happened. And so, um, you know, over time, I began to give these talks um, about engaging empathy because yeah. that's what, you know, people kept kidding from um, um, the talks I would give. And so, you know, after a couple of years, I decided to really just go um, like all in on this whole like empathy train. And yeah. so um, I created a consultancy where um, I work with companies. Um, I do um, uh, conferences as well where, you know, I, I, I teach people, um, you know, uh, to be better communicators and collaborators, you know, through um, engaging in the most impactful, empathy behaviors and um yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah like, that's a quick quick background <laughs> it's it's a weird one though because it's you know i remember when we started um hey events 
I was like, um, I was speaking to someone just before we started them and I was, I was saying, I want to get into public speaking, but um, mm-hmm. it scares me shitless. Like I'm absolutely terrified of the idea of it, to be honest. So um, I was like, okay, so I'll, we'll start an event and then maybe I'll get good at public speaking and then it's kind of achievement unlocked and then, you know, all the fear goes away and it's all good. But that never really happens <laughs> at all. Of course not. No. Yeah, you know, like you, you kind of set out to, you know, face a fear and think, it's only going to take a couple of times, but I'm sure that, you know, if people are jumping out of planes, all they have to do is, you know, do it a couple of times. And then all of a sudden they're afraid of jumping out of planes. No, that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> no. You know, it's still kind of terrifying every single time, but um, you just learn how to sort of cope with the here a little bit better as you do it you know more and more yeah and uh, not just not just conference speaking that you do obviously you've, you've written a book uh, and there's loads of materials on your website as well um so uh, at sharon steed on twitter all the coming dog stuff's on there that you can go through and have a look around um, yeah. but i guess it led you just to kind of spend a lot of your kind of time and, and most of your recent life i guess kind of focusing on this topic oh yeah yeah for sure. I mean, um, I never really saw this coming. You know, um, I began my career as like a business content creator. Yeah. I would write, you know, s- social media posts and blog posts and, you know, trade, you know, publication posts and things like that. And so I wasn't really, um, I spent my, you know, entire 20s just kind of avoiding having to talk to people and so that's you know a big part of the reason why I did become a writer and so you know when this you know these sort of speaking um career kind of came along I was like oh okay I think I can do this and um I wasn't expecting it but I think that this was a good path for me and and you know I can see how um, um, the experiences that you know I've gone through have you know all s- sort of culminated to you know like me being at this point yeah and it's obviously led you all over the world as well so like you know you came to yeah. came to England to do to all day hey but you know you've done kind of talks all over the world what an amazing kind of career I think it's um and obviously you get to see the world as well. I mean, you know, maybe not yeah. this year, but, you know, you get to see the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, no. Um, the only things I saw this year were, like, my house and a lot of grocery stores. Well, only a couple. <laughs> Wine <laughs> shops. <laughs> the important things yeah. then, really, I have to say. Yeah, the, you know, the just basics in life. Food, <laughs> house, wine. <laughs> but you got a dog as well, which is, you know, the best thing to do. I did get a dog, yeah. Um, he was a quarantine edition he isn't here right now but if he does come back upstairs um i'll pull him up um his name is washington he's so sweet <laughs> and yeah i can't believe i have a dog so that's that's also happening <laughs> in real uh, life. <laughs> we were saying I, i'd put my my dog in the same room as well but i don't think he'd behave well enough for us to be able to actually have a chat so i think it's best this way possibly probably yeah yeah but um you know he'll come back in and he'll probably be quiet maybe but <laughs> yeah well, I hope we'll, we'll see. 
hope we get to, hope we get to meet him. But um, so one of the one of the earlier kind of things that you you wrote about was uh, kind of how to talk to humans. Um, it was kind of a topic. I don't think you speak as much about this one in particular much anymore. I don't know if, um, but that was a really fascinating topic for me, um, and it kind of centered around. Um, kind of communication insecurities um, mean that we don't always know how to articulate things properly um, mm -hmm. and that was something that I hadn't really thought about before uh, it's quite important that yeah for sure and you know I think I um, I think I created that talk because I was going to you know a bunch of these tech conferences where a lot of people there they sort of feel um, one of their biggest sort of um, pain points is just communicating and just talking to people. And so yeah. um, I wanted to create a talk where people could feel like, like, like you feel like you, you know, can't speak to people in a way that they can really you know, like embrace uh, and, you know, like understand. But um, the whole goal of communication is to, you know, one, get your point across and to really connect with people. And so, you know, um, that talk was just about, um, you know, like it's okay to be um, vulnerable. Mm. It's okay to be insecure. People actually really uh, respond positively to those things. The most important thing though, is that you are, you know, talking and, and, and and communicating mm. and i think out of that you know one of the things we talked about when we we're kind of running through some of the ideas of this is like being vulnerable doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use defensive language or, or it's kind of represent yourself in a way where you have to be kind of on guard i think that's the biggest um point of that really you have to kind of open up to to kind of showing your vulnerabilities there it's, it's not easy though is it yeah you know it's so hard it's so so hard and and i mean even now, um, so I'll go through times when I just don't feel like stuttering and I don't feel like putting myself, you know, in the position to stutter and to feel, you know, the, the you know, bad things I feel when I, you know, stutter sometimes. And so, you know, I have to really um, remind myself that, that, you know, the most important thing is talking and, you know, saying um, the, you know, like thoughts and the ideas that you want to say and that you want to share. And um, that's what I really just focus on. And again, it's really, really hard, but um, it is just very um, valuable and it's really worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, a lot of people struggle with that connection because I feel like they can't effectively communicate. And then as a result of that, being misunderstood in the conversation adds stress. Uh, and obviously when there's more stress involved, that, that, that kind of just makes things a lot worse, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, I, I constantly still get very um, uncomfortable when I know that I'm going to have to talk to like a bunch of people. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, a thing that I sort of came to uh, realize by speaking is that, um, you know, like I spend a ton of time just being very self-absorbed, right? Like I was thinking about 
um, like how, 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 uh, you know, I sound and how, you know, I feel and, mm. and, and those things that I wasn't focusing on what the, um, person who was talking to me was saying yeah. to me. And so once I kind of just embraced this, you know, like whole idea of, you know, like, it's not about me. Yeah. It was a lot easier to sort of approach conversations from a place of just being, you know, very transparent. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because that's kind of like a conflicting view of a public speaker, because as a public speaker, you need to be <laughs> so comfortable in your own in your own voice, so comfortable in um, kind of being a, a bit selfish and trying to focus on your own kind of the way you project yourself. Um, and mm -hmm. and that, that's not that's completely the opposite of what you're talking about. But you need to say as a public speaker what you're saying with strength and, and you know, should be really sure about what you're saying, whereas actually the listening part of, of uh, you know, you know a conversation where you're kind of focusing on empathy is the most important part so kind of not saying anything is the biggest part of that really yeah and um i think the thing that um like i had to learn was that you know i am not important here the things i am saying and what people take away like that's what is really important yeah and so once you kind of put yourself to the side, everything just becomes a lot more clear, right? Um, I think that speakers, we have to come to that point where, you know, it's it's important that you, you know, say the right things and that you take care of yourself and that you like have your brand and everything. But like, once you get on that stage, it isn't about you. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I just noticed a, a question come in. It's Mirko said, oh. I've, "I've jumped out of planes, and I prefer it standing on stage." <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. So See, there you go. <laughs> See, it never gets easier. And um, I've never jumped out of a plane. I don't think I could. That's I'd like to give it a go, but I imagine stage is probably still scarier, right? <laughs> it's really not that bad. Yeah. I think that people are like overwhelmingly on your team here. You yeah. know, like if you hit in front of a crowd that just like completely hates you, like that's that's a different situation. Yeah. When you're, you know, on stage, people just want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, definitely. I think the best piece of advice I ever got is everyone wants you to succeed. So if you go up with that kind of mentality, you're not going to be freaking out really. Um, sometimes works. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's another question as well, which is um, from James, which is, do the nerves ever really go away with public speaking or is it just mastering it? I think that I always, okay, so I used to get, um, <laughs> I used to get like, like just so angry you know, like a couple of days before, like, why did I do this? Like, why do I put myself in this situation again? This is so terrible. I'm so scared. And now I get um, a little bit nervous, like a couple of minutes before I have to go on stage. And then after I'm, you know, on stage and I haven't begun yet, then yeah, I'm like, oh shit. But <laughs> <laughs> usually I'm okay. Yeah. But like in the beginning, it was... I hate myself. <laughs> Why did I do this? <laughs> and it was like that for hours before the talk. But now, eh, no. <laughs> 
Okay, cool. Um, there's a final question from James, which is, can we get the dog's thoughts on workplace empathy, please? <laughs> he just wants us to play more. He's like, <laughs> you're home. I'm not at daycare. If you had actual empathy for me, you would be playing with me. I thought we were going to hang out. <laughs> well, I, I mean, hang out and you ruined it. <laughs> it's just you in the house at the moment as well. So like, he's literally like, where is, where is anyone that's fun? Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> he probably thinks I'm a terrible, terrible, like I'm, you know, not at all his, you know, idea of like, how can, how can you not be empathetic to me? I'm your animal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to feed you and, you know, house you. So. <laughs> Got things Gotta to wait. do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's just talk a little bit about kind of empathy at work. So, um, how we communicate is obviously core to our culture in general, but I think working culture even more so really, um, kind of, can we talk a bit more about empathy in the workplace? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, um, a lot of different things that you can, you know, do and say to either, you know, improve empathy or, um, destroy it. And so, you know, I'm always going to come from a place of, um, if you want to be more empathetic, then you um, are going to want to focus on your communication first. And so, you know, every time I go into companies and I'm talking to, you know, clients or to teams, um, the first thing I do is say, you know, you know, like, what are the problems here, right? Um, a lot of the problems that we, like, have, they all fall in the sort of communication spectrum. Um, mm -hmm. Things like inclusion, that is essentially a communication problem because the communication breaks down or the, you know, proper communication just wasn't ever there to support, you know, a diverse environment, yeah. right? And so um, once we figure out the problems, um, you know, I then sort of facilitate discussions on, you know, um, just people's personal experiences around like communications failures and communication successes. And then through that, we sort of figure out, you know, where exactly collaboration is failing and, you know, how you as a person is sort of feeding into the, um, you know, failures of communication as well as the failures of collaboration as a result of just your, you know, our, your you know, own personal experiences and your own biases. I feel like I went on a very long, windy journey, but I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it makes com it makes complete sense. I I think we're kind of implicitly talking about kind of um, spoken um, communication here, but like, do you think the medium is important? So you know, in tech, we use uh, tools like Slack and WhatsApp mm -hmm. and all sorts of kind of text tools um, to speak. Uh, obviously, now we're talking more um, through this sort of medium, which is um, yeah. a, a lot more natural. But do you do you think the medium is quite important? You know, I think that, um, so for me, I'm you know, like an old millennial. And so I'm, you know, going to think that it's better to, you know, talk yeah. to a person. But I realize that, you know, 
a lot of the things that we do now are very much focused in slack, slack and and uh, different sort of chat, you know, softwares. And so, you know, I think that um, a lot of the inflection and uh, and, you know, um, potty language, um, you know, facial expressions, all of that stuff is completely um, like absent on these platforms. And so, you know, communication is an entire body experience where, um, you know, when you're talking to a person, there's um, a lot of other things that are going to, you know, help you get your point across and to help the other person, you know, um, be a lot more informed on your you know, opinion and on your ideas. And so, you know, obviously I'm going to say it's better to talk to people. It's better to see people, but um, you know, if you can, then I think that it's great to talk to people, but if not, then, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do here, right? You know, we're all living in this global pandemic. Um, a lot of people are working from home. And so, um, you know, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. It's interesting because um, everyone has kind of a different opinion on the best way to communicate uh, in the workplace, especially um, places that are mostly remote already before the pandemic. So um, there's kind of a DHH, David Heimer Hansen, who, uh, who's the creator of Ruby on Rails, the, the kind of framework. He's famous for writing loads of books, as well as um, Jason Freed, his business partner, of talking about kind of meetings are toxic and, and you know, um, you know, don't bother me unless you need to really, you know, can that be an email? Can it be a, a message, you know, or, or whatever? And, or can it be like a Basecamp post? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's kind of a different, I, I understand where they're coming from. You know, I'm busy. I just want to work. Let me, let me crack on. But equally, do you feel like some of that kind of some of that culture is lost in that, and you kind of lose some of that empathy in in that kind of method of communication? Mm-hmm. It depends on the you know kinds of things that you guys are trying to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I have definitely been on calls where I was thinking, "Wow, this entire call it could have been an email." <laughs> and so I think that a lot of the time, you know, we. I think that a thing to, you know, take into account here is that, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is to not talk and to not say something or to just save people's time. Yeah. Right. So if this is a thing that cousin, you know, require a 30 minute long conversation, then, then, then like, it's okay to just do it over Slack or yeah. over Case Camp or whatever. And you know, like that um, is also um, incredibly empathetic because you are saving people's time and also, um, you know, saving their energy. So they can invest it into, you know, more important, more pressing things. Yeah. And I guess it's contextual. So like, you know, using a, using Basecamp to um, articulate something technical might be different to feedback on a design or something like that. You know, I think that's that's probably quite important. But 
I don't know. I just feel like some of that kind of communication might be lost in that sort of thing. You know, people want to, on, on the example of feedback on a design or something, like you want to you want to feel people's thoughts on it. You want to feel kind of what they feel about it. And I feel like a more natural form of communication is the best way there, really. But maybe that's just me. I think it depends on the person. Um, you know, some people can take things, um, you know, over text and just feel like, okay, cool, that's fine. But other people um, are probably going to want to have some sort of conversation around, you know, the specifics on, you know, the things that they could um, improve, um, reasons why, you know, things didn't, um, you know, turn out okay. And so, you know, it depends on the person and it depends on their preferred style of communication, you know, with the, uh, with their coworkers. Yeah. And I guess it's about kind of creating a culture to allow those sorts of voices to be heard more. So those people mm -hmm. may want to be heard, but they're unsure how to go about it. Um, and I, I I wonder if like the kind of more text-based ones that make it easier to articulate, you can think about the way that you want to respond to something or, or you might want to announce something. Whereas obviously in, in, in person, or, or at least with these sort of live conversations, it creates a lot more anxiety around the process of articulating yourself. I've actually heard that uh, several times from clients and from people at like events and everything. And um, I actually think that's a really interesting concept of like, you know, just saying something is very um, anxiety inducing. Um, I understand that because I'm a person who stutters. And so I have this sort of um, apprehension um, focused on like communicating things in a fluent and um, understandable way. But the you know other side of that is if you put things you know on via you know text so slack you know etc um a lot of your feeling is just gone right yeah. it's lost in translation and so it's it's very easy to be sort of misunderstood via yeah. text um and it's also easy to to just be um, um, it's actually really interesting because I was thinking that like it's it's simple to sort of take your words uh, completely out of context. And yeah. that's the thing that goes on, um, especially in, um, you know, like journalism, how, you know, quotes can be taken completely out of context. Yeah. That can happen in, you know, an email yeah. very, very easily. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of notes from uh, some of the people that we uh, have in the community tonight. So one of the comments was from Mark Barrett, which is uh, on speaking. Uh, my son gave me some good advice the other week. What would you like to hear from someone speaking? Just do that. Just be yourself. Uh, which is always a good a good piece of advice, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, yeah and uh, and also um, Charlie Marsh has said, agree with Sharon. Uh, communicating empathetically uh, at work is tailoring it to the person, not to yourself. 
um, an ex exec may not have the same scarcity of time, which is which is also true. Um, yeah, so yeah. My um, my my partner. Um, so he calls it um, managing, you know, up, managing down, managing sideways. And right. so you have to sort of you know, like approach every single person in the way that's going to be most um, succinct and most um, preferable to them. Yeah. So that's 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 a great example. Yeah, that's, that's a good example. And um, there's also, um, Jim Moran's just mentioned, the nerves never go away for me. Um, but after the event, I generally feel good. Um, so that helps me with the next gig. Um, but is over-rehearsing, uh, you know, good or bad? Should, is, that, is there ever such thing as, as over-rehearsing? I think that there can be. Um, I'm the kind of person, like, no talk that I give is ever exactly the same. Yeah. Because... I don't have like a script. Um, I try to go off of, you know, the feedback I get just from the crowd, you know, like there are certain, you know, things that people um, can do where I'm like, okay, I should talk a little bit like more about this one thing and like not talk about the, the things I was going to talk about. And so, yeah, I mean, um, I don't rehearse a ton. Um, I do put in a lot of time just creating talks. Yeah. And so I think that that makes up for, you know, just me like not going over and over and over and over and over again. Um, I don't want to sound too rehearsed. I want to sound as conversational as possible because that's what, you know, really draws people in. Like they, they want to feel like they're, you're having a conversation with you, yeah. even though you're essentially delivering, you know, just you up there alone and you're just talking out into the abyss. Well, no, like it's a conversation and you, you know, like have to make people feel that, you know, you are talking directly to yeah. them. So, yeah. So I try not to, that was a really long way of saying <laughs> so I try not to rehearse too much because it does sound coursed and yeah I'm, you know what i mean it just sounds weird i do yeah i think i don't know about you but when i first started trying to do public speaking like i'd have each slide with like some religious kind of um a religious set of um, notes for each slide and mm -hmm. because it was such a, a kind of fixed structure i couldn't really ad lib it or you know and it took me a while to realize it's about the content it's not about like exactly how you deliver it because if you know the content well you'll have that conversational relationship with the audience yeah. right so Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, there's another question from Jim. Well, not a question, but a statement, really. The hardest thing for me as a kinesthetic person is having to adapt to this purely visual and auditory world. How do we empathize with those that prefer that way of collaboration? I mean, goodness, you know, um, the cool thing about, you know, like trying to engage empathy is that it really does sort of um, um, broaden your your um, abilities and your processes, right? You know, like I don't know a whole lot about um, the visual like aspect of things. Like I do well with words, and so you know, I'm always going to focus on you know the the you know physical you know, 
unspoken things there. Yeah. Of like I sort of come to this point where, you know, like I knew that my slides were terrible. There was way too many words on them. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to not put more words on these slides and it still, you know, makes sense and people still like understand it. And so um I uh consulted with like slide designers and I was like, okay, how can I do this? Teach me all the things that you know. Yeah. And so, you know, that collaboration um, helped me to really broaden just my perspective on, you know, how to make good slides, one. And then two, like, it taught me um, ways to um, approach his being more visual. And so um, the answer there is that, you know, you can um, have empathy for people who are different than you by just talking to them and by, you know, listening to their um, experiences, their um, perspectives. And that in turn is going to um, um, just, just, so it's going to, you know, like help you improve, you know, your sort of um, your, your collaborative efforts yeah absolutely uh, i just saw a nice message from uh, or comment from james which is there is beauty in mistakes when something is from the heart uh, and that's that you know that's what you're talking about in terms of that more kind of organic delivery of a talk um that's exactly what it is you know to me i think um there was a ah, there's a there's a brilliant talk that i saw i won't say where or who but um uh, the person on stage uh, was doing a live demo and um and the demo failed because the internet connection didn't work very well in the, in the venue um but she knew the content so well that um, she managed to deliver the exact demo anyway, really, just by kind of showing in the browser how things would have worked and all this sort of stuff. And I think that's the point, really. If you know your content that well, you, on stage, you, you know, it doesn't matter if things go wrong. It's even better if it does because you can go, well, do you know what? Forget that. This is what I'm going to show you anyway, and this is what I'm going to talk about. And, and that's, I think, kind of that, that kind of... Uh, knowledge of the content definitely makes it a lot easier when things don't quite go to plan and and it definitely makes it feel more natural and and I think that makes it a a kind of easier thing to relate to yeah oh yeah for sure you know I mean the the best way to do something at like a very high level is to just be prepared um especially when you're on stage that's just your time and so you gotta talk so if everything else goes wrong you're still up there and you have (laughs) minutes left so you just can't up there and be like well sorry it broke like you need to do stuff yeah so yeah you know that's just really really important to to you know, know your content. I mean, I've had times when my slides failed. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <what you're> <laughs> <laughs> you just got me in a, bl- a blank wall. That's it. <laughs> a blank wall, and I hope you like it. If not, <laughs> so much yeah. I can do. I remember uh, seeing um, Jake Archibald. Oh, it, it might have been all the hair actually. Um, where he, I think he spent the first ten minutes of his talk talking about, you know. I, he was really terrified of, of shitting himself on stage. That that was his opener for the talk. Like, uh, <laughs> and at like ten minutes in, someone was like, "Is this is this a tech talk or a comedy show?" Or I, I don't even know. <laughs> but I guess that was Jake's way of kind of settling into the the theme, settling into the venue and everything, and it, it worked really well. Um, I mean, the mm. topic was a bit you know on the fence, but <laughs> it seems seems to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I think it's important to do though. I mean, I spend the first five to 10 minutes of my talks talking about stuttering. And I do that for two different reasons. The first one is, is that it makes me just feel more comfortable to just be like, Hey, I'm Sharon. I stutter. So that's what's happening right now. And then the other reason is that it just makes people feel like they can like identify with um, just being vulnerable and, you know, dealing with things that make you feel really uncomfortable or insecure. And so um, what he did was like, okay, like I'm really uncomfortable. So I'm going to put myself. So I'm just going <laughs> to talk about it. And I'm sure everybody in there was totally endeared to him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so how, there you go. Yeah. yeah. How can you not get on side with someone that's talking about that? <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> there was, um, it, it, that's something you notice as well. I mean, as, as I realize we're, we're clashing with the Apple launch or whatever's going on at the moment. So, um, I don't know if you noticed, but like, there's some sort of Apple event on, very well planned by us, I'd say. For for, for great, but Not this is this is way better. It's probably a new MacBook or something. But um, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but like Steve Jobs when he used to get on stage, he'd always kind of start with a story, and I think the story is a good way for the speaker to level themselves with the audience in that exact same way. Um, so so yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Char Charlie mentioned um, on on the Slack, um, too much rehearsal can make it seem less personal. Um, which is totally exactly what we're saying right here, really. Um, so the interesting thing is, from what you're talking about, it's about getting comfortable with other people's conversational styles, um, I think, anyway. And it's kind of like, are we really conversing? Or do you think it takes a little t a little bit of time to kind of listen so intently that you understand how to kind of relate to them and, and how to communicate with them? Or like, how do you deal with people's different communication styles obviously in a group of 10 people you might have someone that's super confident you might have someone that you can see wants to speak but they don't really manage to get the words out and it's kind of how do you adapt to different styles of communication in in groups of people so at work for example yeah you know it takes time um it's it's fascinating so um i have been around two different types of people um there are people who, when I speak and start to stutter, they get immediately uncomfortable and then they do a thing that I could be incredibly offended by. So they either say, oh, like you forgot your name or ha ha ha, you're so funny. And it's like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's like not what's going on. And then there's, you know, the other type of person and this person just sort of takes it in stride and they're like, oh, okay, you stutter or or that's just how you talk. And I'm just going to treat you how I would treat anyone else who is talking to, you know, like me or another person. And so um, I just think that that's just a really good sort of lesson in how to approach people who are a little bit different yeah. than you or, or, or like have a different communication style than you do. And so, you know, what I tell people is that um, – being okay is different. It's mm. it's 
it's the way you um, approach these situations where you can either make, you know, like being different good or bad. And yeah. so, um, yeah, you know, like just talk to people. And if people are, you know, uncomfortable talking, don't like push them to talk. I think that yeah. that's a thing that we sort of tend to do to people. It's like, so, you know, what do you think, Sharon? And I'm like, if I wanted to say what I thought, I would have chimed in, <laughs> you know? So um, I think that you just need to give people their own time and give them their own space. But, you know, don't stop being um, you, 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 because I think that that takes away the authenticity of just conversation if you're being anything other than yourself. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the first kind of person that you mentioned at the start of that, really, in terms of the way that like, oh, you start to kind of almost kind of dismissing it, that that's them projecting onto you. And that's setting the tone of that entire conversation, which is never going to go great. Let's be honest. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Like I'm out. I'm done. Like <laughs> I am that you are uncomfortable right now, and yeah. so you are just reacting to your discomfort. Yeah, totally. But like I'm just like, all right, I I I I totally understand. But like I have days when I just can't. I'm like, you know what? Like this is personal for me as well. So could you just like talk to me? Great. Yeah. <laughs> and don't like this even more uncomfortable than it already is you know and i guess it's nice when you have like a more natural conversation where someone um gives you the patience that you're giving them when you're listening you know and that, that's all that's all good conversations about really um that patience um is a huge thing i think yeah absolutely um so one of the good things that i heard about listening and, and one of the one of the kind of the best takeaways that i've ever heard was like replaying back to someone what they've said to me so if you're in a conversation with someone that kind of and it's like it's common counselor technique isn't it kind of the um you know so i heard you say this uh, and, yeah. and replaying it back to make sure that your understanding of that situation is is correct um do you do that much or does that feel a bit too forced i do that um i try to just paraphrase it um yeah. you know i usually go through what people have said to me just, you know, in my head mm. before I start speaking because, you know, I just want to make sure that I get um, all of their points. But if I'm um, in a more challenging conversation where, you know, I know that like I can get on the defensive really, really easily, I say it out loud because yeah. um, a lot of the times we don't hear, you know, what people said. We hear our opinions of the things that they said and so by saying their words out loud it sort of gives us that clarity of like okay like i heard this Mm. even though i'm thinking this this is what you actually said you know and so it makes it it just keeps the conversation going forward um and that's the most important thing when you're dealing with like challenging conversations or disagreement like you always want to keep going forward because it's very easy to get st- 
stuck in the weeds of like, no, that's not what you said. No, that's not what I said. Well, I heard this. Well, I heard that. Like that, it doesn't help anything. Yeah. So you always want to keep the conversation moving forward. And so that's why I'm always like, okay, did you say this or did I, you know, like, hear this? Yeah. Cool. Let's move on. Yeah, one of the one of the uh, one of the best quotes that I've heard you say is it's about being active in a conversation when you're not speaking. So it's about making others feel comfortable. Um, I guess it could be construed as passive, but that's absolutely not what it is. It's the body language. It's everything around that 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 kind of contributes to that situation. Oh, for sure. And um, you know, these video calls I think are actually probably the best thing that has ever happened to you know how we. Yeah communicate with each other because it takes a lot to like appear engaged on these calls because you you have to focus on like a set point you can't be like uh looking at your phone or checking twitter or like all those things because people can tell if you're not like really paying attention yeah and so yeah you know i it so to be like an active participant when you're speaking as well as when you're listening, it actually does take quite a bit of um, your energy to um, focus entirely on the person in front of you. And so I think these video calls have been almost a godsend yeah. because – yeah, like it takes a lot of energy to be like, I'm looking at the camera, I'm hearing everything they said, and I'm answering their questions. Yeah, and I think, as you said, I think that's one of the most uh, important things that have maybe happened this year, because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'd be on a, on a call with someone uh, or a group of people, and you know, two people might have their camera on, the other six might not. Um, and already you're struggling with the communication there because some people, um, because of how the software is designed, not necessarily because they don't want to put their camera on, but you're all of a sudden speaking to people on different levels. Um, I think, you know, where possible at work at the moment, I, I try, I'm like, everyone cameras on if you can, because, you know, if we're in the office, we'd be, we'd be able to see each other anyway. So, you know, I think it's really important that you have the eye contact, even if it is on a screen. I think that's a really important factor. Yeah, 100%. So uh, just a few more, few more questions, really, uh, or, or notes from the, the community. So um, one from Mirko is the most impressive presentation I've ever seen was introducing a testing library in a live coded demo, making all the right mistakes or purpose and projecting extreme competence all the way. It was really impressive. I couldn't do it with a coworker looking over my shoulder, let alone in front of five, uh, 1,500 people in an auditorium. I think <laughs> it takes some, takes some guts to, to do that sort of thing, I think. <laughs> yeah definitely i think like any sort of live demo it's you know you've got to be really sure um mm -hmm. you've got to be really sure of your content you do i mean i think that's just a terror it's it's a terrifying situation where you have to live code like i don't know a whole lot about coding and i do know that like all it takes is one you know like little period or one space here or there and you've completely changed the platform yeah. And so the fact that people do these things on stage live and I don't know if it's going to work or not. Like what? Like that's, <laughs> that's so brave. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. Um, there's a, oh, another, another, another question. Is there a dog update? I don't think the dog has made an appearance, sadly. He's not. He, um, <laughs> he actually went downstairs at the beginning of the call and he hasn't come back since. I, 
hope he isn't taking a dump all over <laughs> our room. I'm trying to think, like, what's he destroyed? <laughs> he's, he, he's, God, I hope he hasn't destroyed anything. I hope he hasn't gotten out. I think the doors were closed. You never know, though. Dogs are yeah. sneaky. Well, actually, cats are sneaky. Dogs are know. sneaky, too, I think. I, we, we, we came downstairs. Not as sneaky as cats. You know, you know like, dogs are, like, adorable idiots. Cats are, like, dicks you know <laughs> when you're asleep <laughs> yeah. yeah we we did come downstairs the other day though and uh, and louis had basically destroyed an entire chesterfield in half an hour so it's a pretty good effort i think i saw that photo i was like oh no killing me yeah yeah it was a nice chair but come yeah. on dog come on i know you know it was a nice chair um Cool. Okay. So I think, um, I think that's all we have time for. I don't know about you, but my wine is running out. Uh, it's, I'm desperately low. So I, think, I, I just th- opened the bottle, so I'm good. Well, that, I mean, it's only three o'clock here. So I, did, I think this might be the rest of the day. That is a life hack. I didn't think about bringing a, a bottle up, but that probably is for the best, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I was like, well, you know, like it needs to breathe. <laughs> so I brought it up. Here. I don't drinking. know why actually that actually that's you're right that doesn't make any sense why did i bring the bottle no. it's not like i poured any while we were on the call so i don't know well i i think i'm gonna go and get some more anyway but <laughs> um look thank <laughs> you thank you so much for your time you know a, a massive you know massive congratulations uh congratulations congratulations i was so happy yes. for we're so happy for america Asian, okay? Yeah, I'm congratulating you. Well done, Sharon, specifically for for Trump. Hopefully, well, not being an officer. Look, I am in Pennsylvania, and I'm not saying it was my you know one vote that put it over the edge, but I'm just really proud that my vote actually counted this year. It actually mattered. Yeah, because I live in you know like a swing state. So yeah, matters this time. Yeah, because you, you didn't you didn't move your you moved your postal vote this time, didn't you? Because you used to live in I Chicago, did. was it? I think Chicago. Yeah, yeah. and that's always going to go blue, so it kind of doesn't matter if you vote or not. But here in Pennsylvania, everybody needs to vote. So <laughs> yeah, I did that. I'm well, proud of me. <laughs> it's all well, well done. <laughs> it's, it's, Thank you. It's, I'm <laughs> sure. Welcome. I'm sure America will be celebrating for a, for a fairly fairly long time to come. To be honest, but um, yeah, it's amazing news. I was so happy when I saw the saw the news come in. But thank you so much for your time. You know, I, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. I hope we get to see each other again soon at a conference in the future. Yeah, um, I really hope so too. I know that'll be so fun. Yeah, so hopefully we'll we'll get there next year. Maybe um, who knows what will be of, of conferences next year. But yeah, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I reckon on behalf of everyone else, thank you for for, for all of your insights. And um, yeah, thank we'll, we'll put. Yeah, thank you. We'll put this we'll put this recording up as well, and, and we'll share it on all socials and stuff. But yeah, thank you, and enjoy the rest of your uh, your day drinking drinking wine. I will. You as well. Cool. All right. Take care, Sharon. Bye now. Bye. So that was my chat with Sharon Steed on empathy. A huge thanks to Sharon for giving us her time and coming and chatting about topics close to her heart. Um, I certainly took away plenty from that conversation, uh, and I hope you did too. Um, as always keep an eye out for the next episode of Offscript by Hey Radio and that's thanks and goodbye from me